Welcome to Sound Saints, a podcast aimed at helping the saints of God to think sound thoughts. My name is Clint Eberspacher. I'm the senior pastor at Hingham Church in Hingham, Wisconsin. Hi, my name is Kurt Dalmas, and I'm an elder at Hingham Church. Yeah, and Kurt, that's, uh, that's not all you are. You were just elected by the rest of the elders to be the elder vice president. You, you basically just signed your life away to spend tons of time helping Hingham Church to come through a denominational change. You agreed to help lead us through these uh, hopefully final days of battling with COVID and all of that nonsense that goes along with that. And worst of all, you have to help break in a new senior pastor for the church. And uh, all I can say about that last thing is good luck with that. He's a, he's a real piece of work. Ha. Yeah, you'll be saying the same thing to me pretty quick, actually. <laughs> uh, I'll do my best to keep it even. But uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to our new challenges. Um, just going to be really leaning on the Lord for which way he takes us and uh, doing our best to follow his guidance and his word. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we're just... Starting this podcast, too, we'll probably talk another time about uh, why we're starting a podcast a little bit more, but um, but let's just jump in. Kurt, uh, what is it that we are doing here today? Well, as you kind of said, uh, the podcast is just something that we're going to be taking off with um, just for another way of having communication with people, you know, like you had mentioned, COVID and everything, just doing our best to, to do our best to see people um, in, in different ways. But today, I think what we would like to start studying is uh, the Apostles' Creed. So we're going to take this in parts and kind of see how it goes. But uh, um, yeah, just kind of, yeah, bear with me, podcast beginner here. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're just going to break it down into parts and talk about it and see what we can, uh, you know, break down for everyone. Yeah. Well, you know, really, the, the Apostles' Creed uh, begins, and it's structured according to the Trinitarian formula of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but it begins with, uh, in English, two words, I believe. And uh, I, I think that's going to be enough for us just to talk about right off the bat. That, that'll be enough for this episode, just to try to wrap our minds around what that is. Uh, Kurt, when you think about belief, just what comes to your mind? Like, what's the what's the first sorts of things that float into your mind? Well, belief is something, you know, that you trust in. Uh, you, you turn the key to your car, you believe that it's going to go on. So believe is something that you don't, you know, just only hope for, but, you know, you know is going to happen or that you believe is true. Yeah, yeah. You know, actually, uh, I, I really like this uh, old theologian from the middle of the 20th century, and uh, his, his name is Karl Barth. Uh, I like him a lot, but uh, he's probably a heretic. But there's, there's a lot of good things that he has to say along the way. And when he talks about faith, <clears throat> he says something really similar to what you just said. So maybe you're a little bit closer to heresy than, than what you'd like to think. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he says, faith means trust. And he says, trust is the act in which a man may rely on the faithfulness of another that his promise holds, and that what he demands, he demands of necessity. So he says, I believe means I trust. I mean, he just he just throws that out there really, really strongly, um, that, that we can't separate those two things. Um, are there situations 
uh, or are there circumstances that come to mind uh, of people who uh, maybe believe something or say they believe something, but they don't actually trust in that thing or the, the entity that they're giving their trust to? Have you ever thought about that before? Definitely considered it. There's a lot of people who say that they trust in things, but then I guess I could be a good example. I trust or believe in something, and then I um, try to support that by doing my own thing or doing what I think is the right thing, and sometimes I forget uh, you know, who to trust in or what to do. So you, know, you can definitely try to take things into your own hands and, and see them through the way you feel that they should be. I think that goes on every day. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I think about all sorts of different things. Uh, one, one thing that comes immediately to mind is the, uh, the, the atheist who says that uh, he believes that there's no God, there's, there's no universal morality, and at the same time, if I stole his wallet, he'd be pretty upset with me, almost as if he believed in a uh, universal moral standard that, <laughs> that he uh, would say that he denies. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's just so many of those situations where we say certain things about what we believe and, and yet don't. Um, yeah, another uh, really uh, important thing that uh, Karl Barth brings up is he talks about how faith is actually knowledge. Um, Barth just, I mean, he, he goes into so many of these things, but he talks about how Faith is not really faith uh, alone. It's faith in something. There, there's a content to it. Uh, it. It stands in stark opposition, you might say, to so many today who are happy just to see people who believe in something. Like people just sort of say, if you believe in something, that's what's important. Or just believe, as if, as if the content of what that is doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, have you have you seen that before? Do you do you or where have you run into that? It's it's more and more lately. It, it seems like it's almost a new term these days when people speak about their truth or what's true to them mm, or yeah. or how they believe and and why they believe it because their truth might be different than my truth. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great example. It's uh, <clears throat> it, it takes those things that are really subjective and and sort of maximizes them whereas whereas bart would say that believing in something going back to that idea of dependence is that everything depends on this thing being true it's the it's the objective reality it's the content uh the, of of our belief that's that's important it, it also matters that we believe in it that more subjective sense but um but the reality is that that uh we also have knowledge uh, of of God. Um, you know, one of those one of those really deep philosophical questions that uh, that people in in colleges like to ask is, you know, e- even if there is a God, they might say, is it possible to know uh, that God? Is it is it possible for Him to be known? The Christian faith answers that absolutely yes, um, and so. Uh, Bart would even say, faith is knowledge. He would say it's, it's a thoroughly logical matter 
you know, and so there's, there's reason that comes into play. Uh, there, there's history, there's, there's all sorts of things in play that go far beyond just a, a feeling of, of belief. But, well, um, the, the, the only other thing that I was thinking, uh, that, that, Bart brings up that I just I love talking about. I find it incredibly challenging, uh, and I and I think it it's probably hard for a lot of people who are listening to this. It's hard for me sometimes too, as he talks about faith as confession, and uh, and so he says, and I'm quoting here from Bart. He says, "Let us be fully on our guard against the idea that confession is a matter of the faith." which should be heard only in the area of the church, and that, and that all that is to be done is to make this area visible and perhaps extend it a little into the world. And, uh, and he goes on. He says that but uh, by the very nature of the Christian church, there is only one task to make the confession heard in the sphere of the world as well. Now that he's just saying in those things, he's just saying we need to we need to get the word. We need to make our faith available to the world. We need to get it out into the world. But he says it in such a way that that's incredibly challenging. He gives this one sentence that I just think is absolutely fantastic, and and he says this. He says, "If our faith is real, it must encroach upon our life." Now. Kurt, I know you you like the Packers. You you like watching football. There's a penalty in football called encroachment. <laughs> what do you think of when you think of encroachment? Well, I think of maybe the defense should have waited until the snap or the ball got snapped, I guess, right? <laughs> Jumping off sides before the play has started. Yeah. But it's but it's even more than off sides, right? Encroachment, you're you're actually touching physically another player on the field. Um and so this idea that if our faith is real, it must encroach upon our life. I love that picture there, that it, it actually has to touch our lives and our, our real lives, not just our lives when we gather together with other Christians, but our lives out in the world among unbelievers. If our, if our faith doesn't encroach upon us there, Bart would say, you're not a Christian. I think I might agree with them. What do you think? I think it's pretty hard to call yourself a Christian if you're not living the Christian life every day. It's not a hour in the morning on Sunday or, a, or a prayers before you eat supper type of a thing that Jesus asks us to do. So I think he's uh, yeah, pretty clear with, with what his commandments are for us. And yeah, it needs to be part of everything we do all the time. You know, I, I don't remember where this came from, but uh, there's a quote I heard from Charles Spurgeon uh, a few years back. And uh, in the quote, Spurgeon says, Everyone who calls himself a Christian is either an evangelist or he's a hypocrite. And I really just think he's saying the exact same thing that Bart here is saying. Um, that that if, that if we are going to call ourselves Christians, but we won't do that when there's non-Christians or unbelievers around us, uh, what does that mean about us? What what does that say about us? Um, 
Kurt, have you ever have you ever seen uh, a situation where uh, you know maybe a, a Christian very consciously makes the decision, or somebody claiming to be a Christian very consciously makes the decision to not make Christ a part of their life outside of church activities? Don't name names. <laughs> but have you seen that before? How how did that? What what shape did that take? I mean, I absolutely have. Uh, when we call ourselves a Christian to non-Christians, you immediately put yourself in a light. They're looking at you to see what a Christian is, and people who form judgments about Christians base it off of past experiences. So if you say you're a Christian and then you go to the drinking party or you go do really whatever it is that is unchristian, uh, you're being marked immediately. Um, and the opposite is true. When people hear the word Christian, they want to know what it means. And if it doesn't mean anything different than how they live their lives, then they don't understand what the point of it is. So it's very important for us to be Christ-like in what we do um, because it matters to everybody who sees us. Yeah, yeah. So I know that for some, um, they'll, they'll kind of hide behind the, the quote that's attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, it's doubtful whether or not he ever actually said this, but the, the famous quote is, uh, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. Uh, as if it's possible to preach the gospel without using words. Um, you know, my, my mind goes to um, the uh, young guy or the, the young gal who, um, who, who goes to church regularly, who maybe even is involved in some form or fashion at church. Maybe this person is not living in like the worst possible kinds of, of sin and, and those sorts of things, but uh, they meet a... Uh, they, they meet someone who is not a Christian, and they strike up a friendship. And before you know it, a romance uh, evolves from that, and one thing leads to another, and pretty soon their lives become wrapped up in this other person. They maybe even get married to this other person. And, uh, and really then, it, one of two things happens. Either they were, they were truly a Christian, but they were just really backslidden and they didn't, for whatever reason, care about whether or not this person that they fell in love with uh, was, was truly a Christian or not. And now they're in a world of hurt because they're, they're attached to this other person who does not treasure Christ uh, the way that they treasure Christ. And it just creates all kinds of pain um, in a whole bunch of different areas of their lives. Or that person was never uh, a Christian to begin with and this other person who definitely was not a Christian uh, would um, would just con- continually pull them away from the church, away from the community of faith, and and uh, and they they would eventually walk away from even hearing about uh, the Lord. But but in either case, I, I I've seen that so many times. Uh, it, it's painful to watch. It's predictable. You can you can see it developing, and then years later, you can say, "Yep, that's that's the fruit of the seed that you planted." Of choosing to not walk with the Lord, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, uh, what else can we say about uh, this, uh, this statement of belief when it, when it comes to um, faith, belief in God? Well, I mean, 
questions that I like ask my Sunday school students often is, you know, how can we know the Bible is true? How do we, how do we proof it, I guess? Um, and, and one of the things that I've always talked about is how the Old Testament points to the New Testament. And you can find many prophecies and predictions that were written thousands of years before they actually happened in Jesus's life to prove that these things were true and and just using that as you know examples of how God is true throughout the entire Bible and and what he says is you know actually going to happen it's one way that I that I've used for myself to be honest with you yeah yeah you know I, there's a, there's a whole field out there called apologetics which is the the study of how to defend um, the the gospel or defend uh, Christianity essentially, and uh, you know it's it's really interesting because uh, you know we haven't talked about this before, so I I don't know where you're at on this, but I I hold to a, a really uh, minority view that we probably can't get into a, a ton on this, but you know the idea that um, we can prove God through evidentiary means, whether that's um, science or history or logic or things like that, I, I find that those actually all fall short uh, because God is an infinite being and we don't have infinite data in order to corroborate an infinite being. However, uh, we do have the resurrection and, uh, and so I would argue that actually the resurrection proves everything. So then when you mention these Old Testament prophecies, I say, yes, absolutely, those, those are, uh, are confirming, uh, but they essentially, those even are proven by the resurrection. The resurrection is the, the starting point for me. I believe that, and then everything else fits around that. It's <laughs> a good way to put it, for sure. Um, I, I, I do know that when people um, struggle with that, because some people would say, well, yeah, but how do you know that the resurrection was true? You know, um, I, I like to talk about the fact that, you know, even if I could build a time machine and, uh, and even if I could, could take you back and we could watch the crucifixion happen and then we could actually get buried in the tomb with Jesus and we could um, witness firsthand the resurrection, so that there was no doubt in our minds, like there was this corpse, and then all of a sudden it started glowing and disappeared, <laughs> you know, or something like that. Mm -hmm. I maybe could prove the resurrection to you, but I, I still couldn't prove uh, to you that through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, he actually paid for sin. You know, that's something that we still have to receive by faith, not just, there's no fact that can, that can prove that. Uh, it is something that we have to take on faith. And so, yeah, I, you know, just thinking about the Apostles' Creed, thinking about um, the, the, the idea that we can um, know God, that we can depend on God, that we must confess, we must tell people about this God uh, that we have been brought into relationship with, that we love. Now, these are, these are all... Um, important things. But the Christian faith at its core is not a logical system. The Christian faith at its core is not a school of science. The Christian faith at its core is faith, you know, and, and I, I think it's important for us to remember that, and I think the creed helps us with that. 
I just talked for a really long time. <laughs> no, not at all. It, it definitely. And things to consider. And it's going to be great going through this and exploring everything with you. Um, I'm looking forward to it very much. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap it up there. You know, Kurt, thanks, thanks for your uh, input in this and, and for uh, your, your willingness to let me pontificate there at the end. But um, I'll just end it by saying this again was Sound Saints. We'd love to hear your thoughts or questions. You can reach us at Kurt, that's K-U-R-T, Kurt.Dolmas at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Go in grace and peace.